Yo, this is Jake Cuts Fresh. You're checking out the Barber Life Podcast. This is for all barbers, no matter your age, race, or status. Barber Life. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Jake, Jake Cuts Fresh. Um, on the on the line, I got my boy Rich out on the West Coast. Um, we connected through podcasting, uh, as weird as it is, um, but was checking out all the other barber and uh, beauty industry related podcasts. Found Sheer Stars and kind of binged on them. Just great information, short, sweet, to the point. Um, Rich, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Jake. I'm doing good, man. Also. Uh... Likewise, man, a fan of Barber Life and uh, been uh, kind of binging on some of your stuff as well. So uh, this is this is really cool, man. I'm glad to be here. Sweet. Yeah. So how so you've been doing the podcast for a while. Like at first I thought there was only, you know, like, I, I don't know, eight episodes or something or eight or whatever you call them. And then I was like, there's a lot like there's there's stuff going back to like 2016 at some point or something. I, I saw going back far. Yeah. Yeah. The podcast is almost two years old. Um, I actually uh, started out recording. I did about 60 something episodes and then I took a, an extended break. I had some family issues. I, I kind of walked away from it for a little bit. Okay. And then I, um, after, you know, talking to a lot of friends, doing some soul searching, I think a lot of us in the industry kind of just need to take a break sometimes, got knocked down pretty hard by some life stuff. And then I just kind of started picking it back up uh, a couple months ago. Okay. And yeah, and now we're turning and burning, man. We're yeah, you are. New every day. <laughs> yeah, you are, man. Like I'm telling my friend, like, yo, did you hit? Did you check this out? And they're like, which episode? I'm like today's. They're like, there's like, there's like three. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, no, it wasn't today's. It was like I think it's yesterday's. Like there's like four or five of them up right now. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> just doing <laughs> doing a couple a day. Um. So talk to me about your like where you're at in the hair hair industry. Obviously, you're a hairstylist. Um, worked in salons for, from what I gather, a few, you know, a few years to many years. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how'd you get started? How long you been doing this? Well, actually, you know, my journey into the industry started off kind of funny. I was, uh, I was a lineman for AT&T for about 10 years and actually t- uh, fell off a telephone pole in 2003, broke my back in two places. Whoa. And I was told that I may not walk again. I was permanently disabled and all this stuff, you know, yada, yada, yada. I was a, a blue collar guy, a guy who liked to work with my hands, um, started dating this really cute girl at the hospital uh, who later became my wife. Whoa. And nice. she wanted to become an esthetician and open a salon. And I wanted to do the business side. And I actually wanted to be a barber because I, I grew up in the barber shops, you know, growing. You know, that was my favorite place to be as a kid. Yeah. And uh, I decided that I would just go get a cosmetology license because it was more convenient. It was in my town. And I was just going to run the business. Um, so to make a long story short, I, I ended up getting into cosmetology school, kind of fell in love with the whole craft of it and uh, kind of took off, man. I, I uh, by the end of my time at school, I was networking pretty hard. I was you know, 28, 29 years old. I was uh, getting invited to do you know events and assist people. I ended up working. A, I graduated, ended up working a hair show the weekend I graduated and then went to state board on Tuesday. Wow. <laughs> uh, and that was my launch. I wasn't messing around. I wasn't wasting time, man. And I was just so happy that I, I had physically recovered from my accident and that somebody was going to kind of put me on and I wasn't wasting any time or taking any chances. So I, 
I jumped right into it and got busy and uh, really never looked back. Man, that's crazy. That's great. So that was in 2003. So when you say you worked a hair show, what do you mean by that? What exactly does that mean? Well, what would happen was in my beauty school, they would have guest speakers come in and I would kind of stock the guest speakers. So what I would do, I, I wanted to learn. I'm the kind of person, I mean, at 28 years of age when I was in beauty school, I was a little bit older than some of the other, you know, people I was going to school with. Right. And I had, you know, five resumes printed. I had, you know, cover letters. I, I would, I would come to the school anytime a guest speaker would be in town and I would show up early. I'd help them unpack their car. I would help them clean up. I'd skip my lunch break. I actually met a regional director for Paul Mitchell named Ted Iverson, who after his guest speaker, I gave him my resume. I told him, you know, I was just down to do whatever. I didn't know quite what path I was going to take in the industry, but I was hungry and humble and I liked to work. And so he actually invited me out to the uh, spring style show in San Jose, California, nice. where I ended up backstage and I ended up assisting the global artistic director and his team for Paul Mitchell. And that kind of started my journey with them. And, you know, throughout the years, I ended up becoming, I was a stylist behind the chair. I was an instructor. I became an educator, national educator, uh, became a salon owner, um, wow. and, uh, <laughs> then joined a, a, then joined a really cool team, of platform artist called the League of Extraordinary Stylists with a guy out of Oakland, California named Daniel Moses, who was my mentor. Yeah. Uh, just did all kinds of traveling and it's been a wild, I mean, it's been a wild for 12, 12, 13 years. Hell yeah, man. Wow. So <laughs> one thing I noticed when you right off the rip, you're very, very good at talking to people and anybody could talk. Like I, I like to talk, but I like to hear my own voice. I'm kind of a weirdo like that. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> I, Like I like to go back and listen to it later, but like you, I can like, you're a networking extraordinaire. Like you could pretty much, I feel like you could pick anything. You could uh, trade magic cards and I bet you'd be at the top of that industry doing that. You know what I mean? You'd, you'd, because of your personality and the way it comes across. Oh, thanks, man. You know, I appreciate that. I was actually talking to a buddy about that. You know, I was at, uh, I was watching the fight uh, this weekend, the mm. Conor McGregor fight. Yeah. And my buddy was, uh, you know, all my lineman buddies were together and, and uh, he'd met some girl that knew me and knew my reputation of being a hairdresser. She's like, how do you know Rich? And he's like, oh my God, you know, the guy was a, he used to be a manly man. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And he's like, but you know what, back in the day, I mean, we always knew, like, we knew Rich, if anybody can transition to that side, it was Rich. But it, it's, all, it's all a ruse, so you can hang out with cute girls all day. Well, that's, that, that's one part of it, for sure. Yeah, that, <laughs> how, how do you deal with that, man? I mean, I'm sure at this age, so, so how old are you now? So that was 13, 20, so you're like 40, yeah. 40? Yeah, I'm 43 now. 43? I mean, at this age, who cares, right? But, you know, like right. doing hair at a young age, it's like, ooh, you know, what are you gay or and all, there's a lot of homophobic crap around men doing hair, especially doing women's hair. Um, right. What, what was your experience with that? Was it, was it a tough thing or was it not non-existent or? No, it was actually a surprise, man. It was comical because, you know, a lot of my buddies uh, went on from being linemen to becoming cops and firefighters and all that crap. And, you know, and then I, I get in the hair industry and some of, I would have them come, be a, a model for me and I put them on stage and I cut their hair in front of, you know, 200, 300 girls. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, who's gay now? <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. <laughs> You're wrestling crackheads in, in, uh, in, you know, in Stockton and I'm, I'm, you know, hanging out in an air conditioning building, listening to cool music and rock and roll. But I honestly <laughs> hung out with, uh, I hung out with such a crew, a big crew of, uh, of guys. And it's amazing how many guys are in the industry. 
and sure some of my you know some of my friends are gay as well and they, but most of them are straight the, the guys that I hung out with and but I, I decided early on though that was really important to me and I, I learned some of the guys and, and some of the instructors that were before me you know they would get a reputation and women are very very sharp and once you become that guy that predator like guy mm. you know, you're always going to have that reputation yeah. and since I was a family man and you know I actually had married my wife before I started the industry and I was happy with all that I just decided you know I'd rather have the respect and maintain that so I always treated everybody I work with with the utmost professionalism and so it never came back to bite me in the ass and I'm thankful yeah. that I I'd rather have the reputation you know what I mean than than be just just uh, you know out there doing wrong and, and yeah. trying to bring that home to my kids you know no exactly I mean you're right women are sharp man that's that's like we know that they're, they're smarter than us they they I know, like, my wife, she can read me a mile away. They're just the way I walk up the steps. She can hear my footsteps coming home. She, <laughs> yeah. she already knows what mood I'm in and what kind of day I had. She already knows, you know what I mean? Exactly. So, very, very yeah. intuitive. We can't, uh, dis- yeah, can't disrespect the queens, man, I'm telling you. They, no. No. I'm they're, so thankful. <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. Like, so my wife my wife owns a salon, too, so I'm, I'm in a lot of that. Um, you know, I'm not over there as much anymore. She really doesn't need my help on anything. She's pretty incredible. <laughs> but yeah. in the beginning, I was over there fixing the Wi-Fi or fixing the sink or oh, those sinks, man. Trying to hang a light. Oh man, we spent a whole weekend with this damn sink. They <sighs> sent us a faulty hose. I ended up getting the right hoses, and then once the hose, like the drainage hose, was all set, then the um, the uh, what do you call it? The pressure, sort of like the diffuser thing there that. Uh, when the water comes in that that sprung a leak i spent we probably me and her father probably spent 22 hours installing one sink like oh, ready to blow my brains out that's pretty <laughs> yeah that's that's nothing but um yeah the, the other thing i've been picking up from you from uh from listening to your stuff is um you're always you're you're always hungry and that's mm-hmm. pretty inspiring to me and i think that's why i wanted to reach out in the first place um you i could tell you read a lot you know, um, I could tell you're trying to gain perspective and gain insight to all things uh, having to do with hair. And it's just really interesting to me. Talk to me about what what is that something that um, is innate in you or is that something that you decided you were going to be and, and started to create that in yourself? You know, I see a lot of that in you, too. I was listening to your podcast when you took your family on vacation and you were talking about artistry. And then I um, uh, and just taking a break from the industry and balancing yourself out. And then you trans, you know, then I saw you go into meeting Nick Arojo and and go into that event and getting inspired and and looking at, you know, how you grow. I think it's something that happens. I don't know if it's just me. I think it happens to a lot of men as we get older. Um, I've always kind of been hungry to learn things and curious about, you know, things that interest me, Mm -hmm. but the older I get, the more I crave, I just want to know more and more. And if I've been good at anything, it's as soon as something's not working for me, I'll ditch that plan and I'll just start moving in a new direction. So I pivot. Yeah. I pivot quick and I don't look back. Um, you know, I've, I've had partnerships that didn't work out. I had expectations on people before that just didn't kind of pan out. People probably have had expectations of me that didn't pan out and it's never a burnt bridge, but it's always just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep moving forward. And, you know, I'm just my next, I mean, this whole podcast thing, it's cool that you say that, the way I talk sounds pretty well prepared and I sound well spoken. I really appreciate that because I still cringe 
when I hear myself talking and I'm editing the episodes and I'm just <laughs> listening to myself and I'm like, damn, I sound like a jackass. But <laughs> no, I, don't... You know, I think it's the insecurity of being artistic and creative. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. You're always going to pick something out you don't like, right? You're always gonna, yeah, sure. That's just, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, like, especially just doing hair is like a constant editing process. You know, it's like constant. You're looking at it. Even when the haircut's fully done, I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. As, as yeah. they're walking out, I'm like, well, if I had five more minutes. Next week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Next week. You know, yeah, I always feel the same way, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's... Sometimes I tell new people, too, you got to know when to stop. Because you're just going to, the, the confidence is going to be drained out of those people when they see you, you know, going over and over and over something. Yeah. You just stop at some point and be like, it's good enough, back up. And then sometimes when you back up three feet, it's like, that's not so bad. I was just, I was just hyper focused on this one little area that probably was more bone structure than anything else or lighting, you know? That's, that, that is absolutely true. We, <laughs> we, in the barber world, I've hired a lot of new people this year in my shop. And so I've, had to kind of learn how to train people certain people learn certain ways right so mm-hmm. is definitely can boil it down to the two things though one they're spending way too long on one thing or they're not spending enough time on something and they're trying to be done quick with the cut you know True. And, and it's like trying to find the happy medium with them and explaining the differences it makes a huge difference you know yeah. one of the things that i was taught when i was coming up cutting was that like you need to like take your eyes off the haircut for like four seconds, you know, like literally just like look at the ground. Like I would just look at a solid color. Like we had black mats. I would just stare at the black mat for like a, a three Mississippi, like however long it took me to turn the chair around, you know, mm-hmm. and my eyes would zap back and be like, Oh yeah, this is actually fine. I'm actually, this line is not even a line I'm seeing. It's this, this thing over here. That, that's, that's with any fades blends, you know, it's all about the line getting lines out and, yeah, no, that's a good tip. I never, I never thought about that too. I did a lot of years as an instructor, and I would always find too a lot. You could tell people are new by the little bits of hair. They cut little tiny bits of hair at a time, and the experienced <laughs> guy he's just going to get in there and start cutting. You know? Yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid, especially in yeah. school. In school, oh, yeah. let let it rip. <laughs> like, oh yeah, exactly. You you can mess up as much as you want here, buddy. Exactly. You know, like that's yeah. I like the way that you approach that too. I mean, you sound like somebody who's really good at coaching people and somebody who likes to lift people up. I got to say that the reason I'm doing the podcast now and the reason why I'm moving in the directions I'm moving is because that was always my favorite thing to do. A lot of these people I interview, um, they're, they're my friends, but it's like, if you hang out with me long enough, you know, you're, you're going to get, you're going to do something. And it's not because of me. (laughs) It's just because I'm excited about it. And so I start talking you know, to you about it. And we just go and go and it's like my, some of my friends have, you know, they're educating now all over, you know, they're doing cool things. They're doing uh, things in the industry and they've surpassed even me. And I I love, I just love to encourage people, man. And I see that in you too. I I love to see people shine. And uh, this is the funnest thing I've ever done is the podcast because I'm reaching way more people than I ever did traveling around, you know, my motorcycle trying to teach classes. Yeah, dude, I appreciate that. That's exactly what it is. And and it's funny because I'm I'm sort of reverse engineering this. Like I'm starting with this to eventually get to the platform educator, like mm-hmm. to get to that because people will be like, oh, I you know, like I I would love to have like a, a half hour at a hair show or or even fifteen minutes just to do encouragement kind of stuff and and tell people my story and and it'll get there someday. Um, but for the meantime, I get to talk to some really dope people from all over the world, and <laughs> I just you know I don't 
kind of like you, I just decided to just go crazy with this podcast thing and just reach out to everybody and, you know, and anybody that I'm interested in talking to, just reach out to them. And you, some, sometimes you get a not right now or you get no answer or you yeah. get a hell, hell yeah. Like you were like, hell yeah, let's do it when, you know, and it's, yeah. it's been a lot of, a lot of fun, man. Like really, you know, I don't know if you're a Gary Vaynerchuk fan, but <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. watch a lot of Gary V stuff and it's like, yeah, like what is the thing that you're going to have leverage on? You know, and there's a couple of barbering podcasts, but there's none as regularly, uh, there's not as much regular content as mine right now. If I keep it up, be a good look. So, and, and that would, that would just be a, uh, a byproduct of trying to help as many people as possible. Right. It's like, just want to help. Cause you know, in barbering, there is this weird thing that happens between school and actually being a great barber. And it's sort of a divide and like a little cesspool where people get lost because in school you break down every haircut, you break down every thought you had, you talk about tools all the time. And then like in the world, like just pick the tools and go like, like I don't want to hear about your new trimmer. I don't want to hear about, you know, of course I do, but I, you know what I mean? Like it's not as important as just doing a great haircut and being uh, of great service to somebody, you know? And, uh, and I think that people kind of get lost. Like, oh, I thought I was going to be like hanging out, having fun, talking about every single thing I do and making a ton of money. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, not really, man. I mean, you're not going to make any money if you only do four haircuts today. You know, like, right? Yeah. So, I, I'm trying to kind of. Or what happens even... when you get to the shop and you forgot your scissors? You know, and I've done that before. And it's <sighs> like, give me whatever you got. Give me your spare scissors and a comb, and I'll I'll make I'll make it through the day. You know. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love that. Attitude. I remember. Th- I remember the, um, I remember the, uh, oh man, who said it? I forget who said it. Damn. I wish I had the name, but the, the, um, you know, the comparison was, it was a band and they were performing and Eric Clapton shows up and he's like, Hey, can I hang out with you guys and play with you guys or open up for you guys or do something like that? And they were like, um, yeah, you're not going to say no to Eric Clapton. And, and, uh, he was like, Hey, can I use your guitar? And they're like, uh, well, yeah, but it's like tuned to my thing. He's like, yeah, it's all right. And he just kind of grabbed it and did what he did and went out there and just ripped it and made it sound like Eric Clapton. You know, and it's like, yeah. it doesn't matter, man. Just give me anything. Give me some Walmart clippers and some uh, some construction paper shears and I'll make it work, man. We'll figure it I'll out. I'll make magic, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that's kind of how you have to be in this industry, man. You, you got to, um, you definitely got to have, the wits to believe in yourself and to push yourself. I mean, I've, I've picked up clients in, you know, in a line getting a sandwich. I've, I've taken, you know, picked up clients buying shoes. And uh, I think it's all about your confidence and the way that you talk to people. Nowadays it's cool. Cause you have your phone. You can just show pictures of some of your work. Yeah. That's people for but, sure. Yeah. At the end of the day, you, you know, I've been at shows before and I didn't have my tools there in the hotel cause I wasn't supposed to be working. And they're like, Hey, you know, take this model out and do something with their hair. You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> so I just have to grab somebody's clippers and go. And I, yeah. I like, I kind of like that because I want it to be hard. Sometimes I want to be thrown out there and have no plan and try and figure out how to keep, you know, attention and stuff. And that's what Gary B talks a lot about too, is being in it for the long run, being in it for the right reasons. And I think people like us, most especially right now, I'm thinking about the future and the bigger picture. It's not just about making money anymore. It's about no. doing something that makes me, you know, gets me excited and 
Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I've kind of pulled away from the chair. I'm not currently working behind the chair. I'm still doing way more hair than I want to do at home for friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for me, that's the, the chair is the easy part. Like I'm sure for you too, it, but it kind of becomes like uh, handcuffs, you know? Yeah. You can't get away from it and you want to grow business. So you got to just, you know, you got to make a decision. Am I, am I here to help encourage and coach people through this and do business and get into distribution? Or am I going to be stuck behind a chair 40 hours a week doing hair, you know? Dude, exactly. That's the hardest thing to explain to somebody who does, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, especially your class, like, oh, it's so busy. Good feel. I'm like, yeah, yeah, thanks. And like, you're not, you don't seem happy. I'm like, no, I am. I'm very happy. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I'm about just, all the other crap I got to do I'm at the end of the day. Totally, yeah. I'm totally lost right now as far as like, you get, you're telling me I got to cut less hair and to eventually make more money. That's so counterintuitive to that. I'm such a grinder, <laughs> you know, I'm such right. a, yeah. you know, but yeah, that's, that's what we've been doing. And my wife and I have been, we've spent a long time, a couple, two hours. We were trying to go to bed last night. We started talking about shop number two for me and how it should look. And man, we were like two and a half hours later. And then I'm like, great. I can't sleep now. Um, yeah. you, know, cause <laughs> you get yeah. thinking, but, um, Hey, so talk to me about this league of extraordinary stylists. That was so interesting to me. Um, one of the first in the first two or four podcasts I listened to was with Daniel Moses. And that guy was just hitting me with some truth, man. Like as far as he just was nailed it. Like every barber's like, yeah, I got my own product line. Why? For what? You don't even sell products in your shop. Dude, I love the blunt. Oh, it's so great. Like that's, 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 that's my dad. Like that, that's, that's like how I grew up. And that's how like my, my first mentor in this game was just like that. Like, what are you talking about? That's stupid. Don't be dumb. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's Daniel Moses, man. And I'll tell you what, that guy is so humble. Uh, Daniel Moses is an absolute superstar and he won't, he won't say that, but I mean, he's international. He's gone to other countries where they got his posters up everywhere. Um, He, you know, he's worked with George Lucas and and done, you know, Terrence Howard and a lot of other really cool people on shows and movies. Uh He, uh, so legit man and that guy will i mean his barbering skills are are off the hook he even barbers his own hair and i've even i've seen him do like gumby fades on himself and stuff in <laughs> hotel rooms the guy's sick man he's just he does crazy design work he does color he does cutting i mean he does beautiful women's color he does uh he does sew and weaves he does everything i mean the guy is, wow. is brilliant but he's also incredibly real and incredibly um just honest and he basically started off with he would he came to my school as a guest speaker and i was immediately like i need to try and work with this guy because he's in oakland california and that's some legit hair i want to be i want to be wherever this guy is so yeah uh, i started working uh, trying to assist him and he was just you know it was i'd asked people to assist before and they were like oh yeah, yeah sure kid you know and I asked him and he's like, Hey, Tuesday, I'll be in, you know, Fremont or I'll be here, you know, show up. And uh, so I, I immediately showed up and then I'm like, where are we going next? And, and it just kind of, <laughs> it kind of grew from there. And what one day he had, we were watching a friend of ours from um, an international guy and he had his own crazy like DVDs. He was a superstar uh, for Paul Mitchell back in the day. And we were watching him and Daniel breaks out a notepad and just starts drawing these color patterns. He's drawn like spider webs and, cool color placements and, and cool haircuts on the sketch pad while, while we're listening. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, awesome. Oh, it's a, a color collection I was just thinking about. So uh, I was just completely like, wow, that's insane. He's like, Hey, we should, you know, we should get some models and we should do this and that. And um, he started <laughs> conceiving a, a charity event. He wanted to do something with men and um, he wanted to do something 
uh, he was very much into comic culture and he's, he's kind of a cross between uh, music culture and comic culture. And he, he put together this team. And at the time it was me from the central California. Uh, it was my boy, uh, Jay-Z, who's my best friend from Fresno. Uh, another guy from Oregon named Daniel Corbett. He pulled like all the best people, uh, Phil from San Francisco and a bunch of us got together and we just thought, let's, let's just pull a bunch of cool guys together. Let's do a charity event, a show. Um, and then at the time, uh, Paul Mitchell was coming out with this new men's line. So they flew in some people from corporate to watch us and see what we had to work with. And wow. uh, we didn't know at the time they were getting ready to launch a men's line. And ultimately, we kind of ended up going our separate ways. But we did, uh, we did that. We did that show. That show turned into like a dozen shows. We ended up wow. all over the West Coast. We ended up in Hawaii. We ended up uh, doing really cool stuff from um, – from Washington all the way down to San Diego for about two years, we did this traveling show and some of the best friends in my life. We just had these crazy adventures walking around in hotel rooms and, you know, the elevators with mannequin <laughs> heads, people looking at us crazy. <laughs> that must have been incredible, man. That's like going on. That's like, that's, you know, the hair industry, we really can become rock stars. That just is like a very rock star thing to me to be traveling, doing your art and, you know, with your homies getting it, getting it going, get, you know, with real yeah. corporate backing. And that's, that's. Well, and the Daniel is so, anyway, Daniel will invite everybody. So everybody comes out on the road. You end up, you know, sharing your bed. You end up sleeping on the floor. You end up, you know, because yeah. Daniel just invites everybody. So every city, there's a crew around you, just cool people. So I ended up meeting just a big group of people. A lot of them have been on the show uh, that were all just motivated and going places and we would go city to city. And we would just explore these cities together, but the same group of friends. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was completely rock and roll. And it was a, a great education in how to get on stage and talk to people and hold people's attention. Hell yeah, man. That, that's great. Yeah. He, he, he was just cracking me up, man. I was actually listening to that one at the gym and I'm like laughing my ass off on the treadmill. <laughs> the people looking at me, I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, and he had talked about Dave Ramsey's book, um, Entree Leadership, which was the first book that I read when I opened my shop. And so brought a lot there. That, that's a very, very interesting thing, man. You got me, you got my, my wheels turning now. Yeah. I think we, I think we're going to have to meet up someday, man. I, I think we yeah. will. Cause I, I think that the future of all this stuff, and that's why I put that on your, I actually gave you a review on iTunes and um, it came out as my son's name, which was funny, but I oh, kind of cool. said the same thing on uh, Instagram. Uh, I think you got a really dope voice. And I think you, you know, when I say voice, I'm not like, you know, trying to flirt with you. I'm saying no, that. No. I think your message is really cool, and I think that you have uh, just a sensibility about you that's so honest and real. I, I want to vibe with people like you, and I think that over the course of the next few years, I want you to just keep going because I feel like we're both going to be – we'll both kind of yeah. come up. Because like Gary Vee talks about too, if you're in it for the long run, the people yeah. will get – you know, people will shake out, will grow. And uh, I want to do events all over the country. So and I be one of those guys I'll be riding with, so – yeah, bro. The East Coast, we're definitely gonna have to meet up. Oh, for sure. If you, I mean, if you get as close as New Jersey, New York, anywhere north of that, man, let me know. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll be, you know, I'm. My wife and I was looking for excuses to go to New York, so you know, it's, it, you know, Boston is, uh, eh. You know, the thing about Mass is is tough. There's a there's a lot of us that like to get together. In fact, I'm going to do a shameless plug, and uh, we, I do like a barber networking night at my shop. And um, 
we've done two of them and this will be the third one. And like the first time when I decided to do it, I just put it out there. Me and my dude, um, Noel, who had uh, a beard oil company and Noel, if you're listening, please hit me up, man. This dude got lost in space, man. This is one of my dudes. Um, he, uh, he's like, yeah, we should do an event. And we had these ideas. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to do it. I just put out this flyer. I whipped it up on my phone, like a few minutes. And within like an hour, I had like 10 inbox messages on Instagram. Like, how much is the event? Can I showcase at the event? Who's going to be there? <laughs> like, <"Whoa." Yeah. laughs> I'm like, uh, it's free. Should I be charging? Maybe I should be charging. I'm like, damn, I don't yeah. know. So I made it free and I made it like a no salesy thing. Like there's no, it's not like going to an expo. Where everybody's like, Oh, buy my shears. Oh, yeah. you need this clipped thing. You need this case. Oh, the new hottest trend is a comb with a light on it. Shut up. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah. You do it. You're a culture vulture. Get away from me. Like, I don't want that. But like, right. you know, so we, so we set up this event and really there's, there's so many people in mass that are so chill and so cool. And then there's like a vast majority that's just like, why would I do that? <laughs> why, yeah. why would I go? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't need to learn anything. I already know everything. I don't, I don't want to, that's my competition. I'm not trying to chill with them. Like, Oh my God, you really don't get it. All right. So it's tough. Like that's, there's no, like, I don't think there'll ever be, they keep trying to do Massachusetts beauty expo and barber expos and they just don't go well. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're on the right track though. And that's the thing is people, the executive types, they want to make money with it. People like us just want to get inspired by it. For and sure. There's definitely, it's, it's evolving right now. And I've been talking to some pretty big people in the, on the hair industry side that are lifting the artistry back up mm. and, and doing these underground shows and these, and I think that that could be really wild. So right now my plan is over the next couple of years is just to grow the podcast audience while my son uh, goes through high school. Cause I don't want to, keep traveling as much as I was back in the day. Cause it, it cost me some, some, you know, some things with my family that definitely hurt them. Yeah. That I was gone so much, but um, I see in the future, as soon as my son graduates, I want to get a trailer and, and I'm talking like a Airstream, like, you know, hundred thousand dollar trailers when I'm yeah. trying to talk my wife into, <laughs> and I tell her, you know, it's a business write-off because <laughs> we're going to go around the United States. Amen. I want to do these pop-up shows, man, at bars, at clubs, at barbershops, and yeah. just have these big just events with, you know, not a lot of talking, but a lot of music and a lot of cool barbering mixed with some cool color and some cool, like, uh, haircutting. That would just be a blast. Yeah, Doug, this is exact. So we're doing it. All right. So, uh, we're, <laughs> so we're doing it because this is, I just told my barber um, Friday. I said I had this crazy idea. It's like, what? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now, but don't judge me on it. I want to do like, <laughs> I want to do like Fight Club style barber show. Hell yeah! Like, yeah. like you need to know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody to get into this thing. Right. Like it's not it's not to get money. It's just to literally, like, just chill, have fun, but also a small competition sense to it. Like I would love to battle. I would love to one on one battle these top battle, you know, barber battle dudes. You know what I mean? Like in in, right. in, in a place that they got no rep. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and then not just for my own glory, like I, I'm sure like my, all my barbers would love to do that to, to all the guys anyway, you know, like hey, who wouldn't want to do that? That's <laughs> like, you yeah. know, and, and, and so I don't know. I don't know how it even get them in the place, but um, that's the future, man. I'm telling you, that's the future. And yeah, um, I, I know you're not, you don't really do it to make money, but tell me, I mean, you're going to be way more inspired coming out of something like that. Oh, for yeah. sure. 
That and that's it. The only thing like Neil Brennan, the comedian, says on Comedians and Cars, this recently dropped episode. Only thing I care about is new ideas. That's all I care about. <laughs> like, right. It's, I right. just want to be inspired and live from that little space. And um, and you know, and that that's how I've met you, and that's how I've met um, you know, my my guys out here that I really chill with, Barbara Wise. Um, yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, we'll keep linking, bro. Like it, it's really like it's about art and culture to me and absolutely and, and it needs to come back to that it, it just definitely got away from that i think we can all acknowledge yeah. that i built my business off of doing things that were old old school business model techniques and like you there's there's a craving there and i, I could see it in you because it's also in me it's uh, it's now forward thinking you know it's it's trying to explain the gary v business model gary v way of life it's like putting out all this free value yeah and don't worry about it the money will figure itself out and i, I honestly i believe that with everything man and that's what I, I i could feel my whole career that is just i was missing a lot i just knew i wanted to start thinking about what's next not not what's been done before and how do i repeat that cycle right you know to, to be successful and come home and have the house and all that stupid stuff i don't even care about that stuff for me it's like I want to live an adventure, man. I just, I want to live the kind of life that, that makes me proud. And I feel like this, you know, trying to explain it to my parents, like, well, how do you make money with the podcast? (laughs) It's like, you'll see, you'll see. Yeah. You'll see, dude. I'm going to make a shirt that says you'll see. Cause that's like, um, my, my wife is really on board with the podcast now, but like a few months ago, it was kind of like, wait, what is a podcast? Like what? And I'm like, I finally explained it to her. I said, I said, look, I said, the next October's nuts. I set myself up crazy. I mean, I have, I have like one or two recordings a week with some people that I really respect. And then I also have a bunch of stuff going out the shop. I have, you know, it's just a crazy month. So I'm like, look, the calendar's crazy this month. I know. But here's the thing. If I can, once somebody like you, and I'm talking to her, once somebody like you starts really enjoying podcasts, somebody who doesn't even know what a podcast is right now, you know, footnote, I've been listening to podcasts since I got my first iPhone in like 06. Me or, too, bro. Me too. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Thought, yeah. Early adopters. Yeah. Um, so once like my wife goes checking for podcasts, I will be and you will be at the top of the hair industry podcast as far as content goes and will be the names that people go, hey, <laughs> how'd you do that? Or, hey, why don't you come and talk to or whatever it is, you know? And so, yeah, man. Exactly. I'm all about exactly. it. So you'll see. It'll it'll equal out money. I'm I don't you know, Anchor the the hosting I use, they they have a monetization program, but it seems like you pretty much just stick your hand out and go, Please give me money. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't that's not really my style. Like I'm gonna I'll figure I'm something out. I'm thinking about doing something like that through Patreon. Uh, it's just a way to support the show because I do have, you know, and it's it's kinda like a little drip comes in. I have a group of, you know, maybe, maybe 20 to 50, like really, really loyal listeners that contact me on a regular basis. And so I'm I'm kind of thinking about uh, creating some content specifically for them. That's, um, I don't ever want to come across as somebody who's like, Hey man, I'm the man and career happen. But, you know, but I definitely know I can get you to the next step because I've done it more than a dozen times for many friends that have the resumes to back up what I'm saying. So can I make you the biggest star in the industry? Absolutely not. But can I coach you to the next level? Absolutely. Can I, can I go out and find deals? And that's what Daniel Moses taught me. You know, yeah. we were at a hair show talking to a guy. And the next thing I know, you know, he's calling me. He's like, hey, man, we're driving to L.A. 
borrow you know <laughs> and of course daniel moses you got to interview him on your show of course daniel moses is yeah. like hey man get a truck get a trailer <laughs> and pick me up at my house because we're going to la and that's like a six mile drive he's like i got a line on some mannequin heads this guy bought a whole container full and he's down to his last you know thousand mannequin heads we're gonna pick him up in one city we're gonna drive to the next city and we're gonna sell them for forty thousand dollars and i was like oh shit yeah, yeah. so we did and then <laughs> we get there and uh, they, they actually have us send one of the mannequin heads to the main artist that was going to be using him. And he goes, uh, too short. <laughs> and just like that, the deal was done. It was over. Oh. <laughs> so here we are. You know, we, we get to the city. We've got a trailer full of mannequin heads that aren't going to sell. What we had to do is we took them back. We stuck them in my garage. And over the course of six months, we sold them. Okay. And that's what I mean. That's the, the kind of stuff that happens and you figure it out along the way. So that actually turned me on to distribution. And that's something I want to get into. I just haven't, I haven't put a big bet out there yet. I'm, I'm kind of still queasy about you yeah. know, buying a shipping container full of anything from, <laughs> yeah, from China, of course. Or, you know, and, and trusting that I'm not going to get ripped off, but um, that's just kind of just letting you know, kind of where my head's at for the future. Yeah. That's how I'm going to make my money in the future. That's dope, man. Yeah. I was just talking with one of my barbers today. Um, there's no barber distribution, like specifically for barbers. There's, um, um, the last show I had, uh, Tyler on Tyler Sullivan and they're pretty, pretty damn close. They got pretty much everything oh, yeah. and, um, just awesome people, man. Holy shit. They're just, they're yeah, just so... I, actually, I think I interviewed his brother, Mark Sullivan, who owns that, uh, a school out there too. I think that's his brother, uh, uh, but yeah, the, the CB Sullivan's yeah. And uh, yeah. Tyler's that was a great interview too. I really like Tyler's vibe. Yeah, hit him up too, man. He's totally approachable, just like you, man. Just you know, just, you know, if you ever want to get him on the show, just hit him up. He's very, very cool. But um, yeah, I mean, just you know, so I'm thinking about getting to that when I get to locations is having somebody who you know having a company come in weekly and see what we need versus me going, oh shoot, I forgot to get this or you know this store needs that and whatever um but yeah so there's really no we have people that come in and sell supplies but it's they're there sometimes sometimes they're not you can't get you can't say hey do are you getting the new cordless seniors and they'll be like yeah we're getting them in july you know they don't they have no idea they're just like oh, i don't know <laughs> yeah and uh yeah well i look at it like uh sam walton the guy who founded walmart what he would do back in the day is he would get in his car and he would drive three hours to the major city and he would find the deals and he would bring them back for his customers. And that's how he built his reputation. And that's kind of the same thing I want to do. I'll find the value out there for my friends, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I'll always keep it like that. If I go out and I find, you know, some dope shears or some dope combs or uh, like YS Park quality type of combs and, um, you know, like Hikari type scissors, like Japanese steel, like the real deal kind of stuff. And if I could score, a really good deal and come back and, and it's, you know, the value is there. I'm selling you something for five bucks. That's worth, you know, 10 to 15. Yeah. Then everybody's happy. Right. And it's not going to be easy to find those deals. And that's why right. a lot of the distributors are, you know, they just come in with an agenda and they're trying to sell something that, you know, there, there's really not a lot of value in, but I feel like there's got to be a way to carve out those deals and make a reputation and, and keep, and also to give a ton of free value, like the kind of stuff we're talking about doing yeah. in the future is the kind of stuff organizing. And um, I just want to create shows and put people on, man. I don't, I don't have any desire to get back on. I mean, I'd like to do some motivational things and I'm not quite up to the level of a motivational speaker yet. And that's not really maybe what I'm trying to do, but yeah, I, I definitely like to be an MC, run a show, say some cool things, kind of be a hype man and then let, and then let the next generation come up and, and show you some stars. Cause 
I'm always amazed at the talent I see when I go into the salons and, and I also on Instagram, man, it's just a crazy yeah. talent that I'm like, Holy crap. Like I missed the boat on that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, Instagram has just changed everything. It's really made a lot of my dreams come true as corny as that. I just sounds so corny. I'm saying so much stuff like my dad today, dude, you don't even know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how old are you man i'm 39 i'm gonna be 40 in a couple months oh, and, man because i'm an old man I, I know i'm 43 and I, I know i sound like an old man oh i'm not ready for it yeah rich <laughs> you know that's the thing i i like yelled across the shop and like oh guys i found this awesome new vacuum attachment we can use in here and everyone just like turned their head and like yeah that was a dad thing like i, yeah, I was yeah. pretty excited though i found this attachment that doesn't suck up if it's smaller, if it's bigger than a popcorn kernel, it won't suck it up. So you could literally clean out every station, every drawer with this thing. It's amazing. So, yeah. But anyway. Well, you know, I was hanging out with girls for a lot of years. And so I remember the first time I said something like super cute in front of my guys. You know, <laughs> and they almost slapped the shit out of me. They're like, what'd you just say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, get, you know, it's just, it's coming, man. It's like, it's, yeah, uh, it's funny. But um, and I don't use that term on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like when I first, when my kids were little, I mean, they're still little, but when they were like, you know, starting to talk and like, you say stuff like, um, you know, give me a second, I just got to go in the bathroom and go wee-wee real quick. And I'm like, holy, yeah. sorry. <laughs> my, yeah. the, the people are like, what? I know. Um, yeah. So, you know what I want to talk to you about too is, um, it, so actually, let me do a little quick backstory and then I want to get your opinion on it. Um, I got a chance to meet and hang out with uh, this guy, Barber Josh OP. If you could find him on Instagram, just a unbelievable talent. He's just, he's just a real artist and he's got this, uh, this a real original style to everything he does. Um, so my boys up at the Barber's Den in, in Belmont, Mass, they had him in for a class. So I took the class. Um, he talked a lot about the psychology of confidence in your mindset going into stuff you touched on this uh, a few times already just tonight um about confidence and all that uh what what is your mindset how would you describe your mindset approaching hair or really anything and what could you tell somebody who's kind of new to the game or kind of going i don't know if this is for me um you know about mindset Mm. that's a great question so the guy who wrote the book on mindset and influence is Robert Cialdini or Caldini. He wrote a book called Influence and it's it's widely regarded as the number one book to read. I listen to a lot of audiobooks because it's just it's easier. They you know, reading will put me to sleep like yeah. a lot of the next generation. So as far as mindset goes and what helped me is I'm very visual and I absorb, you know, first off it's about immersion. It's about completely clearing out space in your brain and getting rid of the clutter so you can take on the kind of things that you need to take on to be successful. Mm. I recommend that everybody coming into the industry does a checklist of all the, you know, bullshit shows that you're watching right now, get them off, you know, finish out your seasons, do, you know, eliminate all the trash and just make room for nothing but total immersion into the culture. You know, you've got YouTube nowadays, you've got a lot of cool documentaries you can get into about the industry and you've got these cutting DVDs. And that's kind of what I did a lot of as I would just study visually how these people moved, the way that they sectioned the hair, their body positions. And a lot of the best haircutters in the world, they have two approaches. They're either architecturally minded or they're, uh, they have kind of like a martial arts mindset. It's very important from, the, from where your feet are when you're cutting to the way that you hold your upper body, the way that your hand position is, the way that your elbows 
are connected to your fingertips, you know, is your wrist position, you know, firm or neutral? Do you have, you know, how much tension are you putting on your fingers? How, um, right. you know, how comfortable are you in that hair? So I recommend that people get number one for the mindset that they just start investing a little bit less time and watching, you know, shit that doesn't matter. Yes. And spend a little <laughs> bit more time listening to motive. I have to listen to motivation every day, man. And I, I hope I sound confident on this. There's days that I'm like, man, what the hell are you doing, man? Yes. You know? Yeah. What are you doing, man? You just, are you, you know, you're wasting your time. I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah. Um, but then all I have to do is just go through my YouTube feed, man. And I start looking for something. Just tell me something positive. Yeah. And also too, for me, it's exercise. If I don't, okay. if I'm not exercising, like yesterday I missed, I missed exercising. My schedule got thrown off. I, I was late on an edit. Uh, so I had to spend the whole day editing a podcast while I was doing other things. And I just, my whole attitude, my whole mood went to crap. So today I got back on it. I started hitting my motivational things and just kind of things that uplifted me. But I feel like it's all about, there's only so much space in your brain and yeah, you definitely become what you focus the most on. Right. And my thing was, if I try to become a star, if I try and make it all the way to getting on stage, it, the least that'll happen for me is I'll make a big name for myself back home and I'll be very busy behind a chair. So right, right. one thing you don't know about me is that when I first started, my back was against the wall because I was, uh, I was coming out of basically after getting hurt, I was given a chunk of money. I invested that money. I also bought a very nice house, way more house than I needed. <laughs> and the entire stock market crashed. I started losing money like crazy. Mm. That value of my house dropped to about 60% of the value that it was worth when I, you know, bought it. Oof. And, and I was in, I was watching my money. I mean, there was days I would lose, you know, there was days I lost 30 K in oh, a day. My God. And I had to figure it out. So th that was the, the, the last ditch effort was to join the beauty industry. Me and my wife opened up our own shop and that was how we were going to save our family. And through the process of all that, we had to let the house go. We went through a lot of, you know, ups and downs financially. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't have a, a way to, I couldn't mess around. So I got real busy. I just, I put all my focus into it and I focused on a much bigger goal than just being, you know, good behind the chair and being financially set. I, I put myself in the deepest waters I could swim in. And I still think I suck at that <laughs> level. And I, I, I work with people that were world-class and that make you feel like just hanging it up and quitting. But but I, I showed up every day and I got my work done, man. And I, I built a little bit of a following and a little bit of a name for myself. And it was just all mindset. It was total immersion. And it was clearing out the bullshit and, and making as much room as I could for things that were going to help me and build me up. I love it. I love it because it's exactly what I talk about all the time with people. So I can just send in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that, no because that's i mean i'm sorry to all my clients i uh, no, i have not seen the new season of ozarks right and no i haven't seen that movie i haven't seen that i didn't watch the page i didn't watch the pages game now the, the only thing i'll make time for is the celtics because i just bleed green but i i have i you know it's it, it can't you can't, there's no way you can crush your career and whatever you're trying to do if you're crushing seasons at a time of multiple shows, like, it, right. I mean, I guess maybe if you don't have a family, maybe you, you could like, if you don't, yeah, you, I think, I think you're, if you're not you married with kids, you don't, you know, you got three hours yourself every night, I guess go for it. But um, yeah. Yeah. So no, that's, that's incredible, man. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, that Josh was talking about was um, your body movement, which you just touched on. And I thought that was so big because I had, 
a few, two guys I'm training right now, and I was trying to exp- I was trying to figure out what was even bugging me about the way they were doing what they're doing. Like, I couldn't even put my finger on it. But you know, one guy, his movements are super fast, and he and he's kind of you know, and the, and the haircut the haircut's not going any faster. It's just that your moves are super fast, and like I don't know if if you think you're moving fast, like um, and it, I, I don't I don't know why people do that. Obviously, they're nervous or they're trying to get some efficiency going. But what that conveys and communicates to the client is that you're not really experienced. You don't really know what you're doing. Like it, right. it, it makes them feel off. And the other guy moves slow, doesn't talk much, and it, but his haircuts aren't as good. But I feel mm-hmm. like people are more comfortable and more likely to come back to him. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. You, you got to move. Yeah, you got to move efficiently. And even when you're running behind, you can't make it look like you're rushing somebody's haircut. Because I know, you know, in the barbershop yes. too, you know, people aren't afraid to tell you if it ain't right. So, oh, without you question. know, that's the last thing I want to do is get into that conversation with somebody in front of other clients while they're waiting. So, yeah, you and, and also too, when you're on stage or when you're in a class, you've got like 45 minutes. You've got to make that haircut happen. You've got to make it, you know, interesting, and you've got to complete it before you, you know, because there's, you know, there's a schedule. Yeah, that's so, true too. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I, it's it's it, moving efficiently through the hair. Yeah, that's a definitely that's a great habit to pick up, and, and not going too fast and not going too slow is definitely an art form that needs to be you know polished over the years. Yeah, and like you know, just because your hands moving fast doesn't mean you're doing any more work. You know, like right. just like yeah. take take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> yeah. Although you know, there was there was women that I had that didn't have you know a lot of hair, and so you know I, I take a few extra sections to make it look good, you know, because I'm charging you you know like fifty bucks. Oh right. Trim, so it's like you know I got to make it a little bit more work than it is. So, but you got to pick your battles. There's also you know women with crazy tons of hair that you know I'm sweating trying to get through that hair because you know they just got tons of it and they are finicky. So. You know, yeah. a lot of times in my when I had my salon, I would get a lot of the most high maintenance people because you know the team that I worked with, they would, you know, they would you know rely on me to to deal with the you know the crazy ladies. <laughs> that was your knack, man. Yeah, yeah. You, you you got away with the crazies. That's yeah. <laughs> that's how it is in every shop, though, right? Like everybody knows in my shop. I mean, I own the shop, so it falls on me anyway. But that really loud, annoying, angry people. Just, just Jake. Jake got you on that. Don't worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, Jake will take care of it. Yeah, <laughs> let's just send him over to Jake. Jake. Yeah, yeah. Hey, this lady, uh, you know, diffuse problem. Some people are really. And then, good. hey, Jake. Well, yeah. While while you're doing that haircut, Jake, you know the toilet's overflowing, and I, you know, yeah. I break it to you. But and you're like, yeah, I got got my hands in this hair right now. You tell me the toilet's overflowing. Yeah, like, that, come on, man. Constantly. <laughs> or you know what's worse, Rich, is they they don't tell you. Yeah, well, and, and then and then there's, there's water flooding out into the into the barbershop. It's like, hey, uh, oh yeah, I don't want to, didn't want to bother you. <laughs> like, you know, that's you can bother me for that. You're not bothering me, but hey, man, I, we could talk all day. Clearly, this has been fantastic. Um, really, really good to connect with you, man. Um, I hope to uh, I hope to have have you on uh, a couple more times over the next few months, and. Uh, yeah, dude. Just thank, thanks for being on here and, and spreading the knowledge and, you know, put one in the wall for the culture. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know what? I, I have so much respect for the barber life and the barber culture. And that was my favorite place as a kid. That That's kind of where I modeled my life was being in the barbershop, listening to those grown men talk and the way that they would talk about things and the way that they would talk about life. 
um, just so much respect for that life and that culture. And yeah, definitely, man, I, I feel so comfortable talking to you and I, I definitely would like to have you as a regular guest as well. Our back and forth, we can bounce back and forth between shows. Cause you're just a, a cool guy to vibe with. And I don't want you to, to ever stop doing the show, man. Cause I think this, this show is going to be huge one day and, and we're going to do some cool events and this will be a fun episode to look back on. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, yo, um, I absolutely will be whatever, whatever you need, you let me know. I'm, 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 I'm on that. Um, let people know where they can find your podcast, where like where they can connect with you on social and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, we can get they can get in touch with you. Yeah, it's really easy to get in touch with me. Uh, my name is Richard Britton uh, on Facebook. You can find the Sheer Star Podcast on Facebook. Sheer Star Podcast uh, at what's the the Instagram moniker at Sheer Star Podcast for Instagram, and even my email is richbritton at msn.com. So, I mean, reach out to me. I interview everybody and that's the thing about my show it's it's icons it's artists it's salon owners and it's rising stars people that are you know fresh out the gate taking on some big opportunities so i just like to tell the stories and i do it you know pretty quick and easy so one last thing i want to share with you because tyler was talking about his music man he he mentioned kanye west and i used to be a kanye fan but yeah i gotta say i'm more of a tribe called quest and old school r&b kind of guy and epmd so i just want to get that on the record that yeah i had more of the old school hip-hop than tyler did oh yeah okay yeah me too that's funny man you know it's funny as i i was like i'm gonna start doing this and then i did it for a couple and i'm like i don't think i really like that it's just sort of it's sort of out of place and sort of weird but you know what you picked right up on it and you liked it so (laughs) i should have given you the questions too yeah no that's you know that's that era that we grew up in right yeah, Eric B and Rakim, dude. I yeah. just saw Rakim a few weeks ago in Sacramento, and that was it was insane. Oh, I mean, man. To see somebody like that twenty feet from where you're standing. Yeah, I mean, that was the days. It's just incredible. You know, it's weird side story here. I was at the shop. They're cutting this uh, these little boys here. They're now like almost twelve, I think, and they have like you said, tons of hair, tons of hair. I'm the only one in the shop that can really. This is my own fault. But I'm the only one in the shop that can really manage, like, a layered haircut, like, with a lot of thick, curly hair. And so they've been coming to me for a long time. We, I brought up – what did I bring up? Oh, I brought up uh, – the Gorillas came on the thing, and Dell is on that. And Dell used to be called Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. Yeah. Now he's Dell Tron 3030. And so I just brought that up, and um, she's like, oh, I have that album. I'm like, you had the Dell the Funky Homo Sapien album? Now, this woman – is like white as white could be. Her kids are super white, <laughs> and she has bright red hair, and like greenish bluish eyes. Like she just doesn't look. And she's like such a good like soccer mom. You know what I mean? Like right, right. Like looks like she probably makes tons of homemade pretzels and like really good at crafts. <laughs> she starts naming tracks off the album. She remembers the cover. She's talking about yeah. She's like, I got that, and I got three feet high and rising. And my dad. I'm like, I'm sorry, you got. What'd you say? <laughs> she's like, yeah. <laughs> and like, oh, she's like, yeah, my dad took my um, Tribe Called Quest tape and pulled all the stuff out of it because he didn't want me to listen to it. I'm like, did you say, tr-? I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And she's telling me she grew up in Jersey. She grew up in a city and that's what people listen to. And that's how she, and she, she was listening to like Mob Deep recently. I'm like, what? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally like, dude, this is why I love cutting hair. This is why I love my job. This is like, that's just amazing to me and just such a weird thing that happens, you know? Yeah, man. Great music transcends, man. I guess, I, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, so we had, we, we could vote, kind of relate. She's, she's like around the same age. We kind of relate to that. Like 
you know, being white, listening to basically black music in a time where it wasn't really popular to do so, and yeah. you know, and all that. But anyway, yeah, man. All right, cool. Hey, well, yeah. Great so, talking to you, man. So, Sheer Star Podcast, check out every episode. It's very informational. And um, the highlight for me was that Daniel Moses episode. And then um, I like that last one with Michael. I forget Michael's last name. Um, and the one that I just listened to was the one with the um, eh, the First Nation, uh, Trish, Trisha. Oh, yeah. Guarded, yeah, yeah, she's got some dope work. Dude, yeah, she's cool. She's real cool. cool. So check them all out anyway. But, yeah, all right. So until next time, thanks for checking out Barber Life Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.